this episode is by request, and I think it's going to be a load of crap. But we'll give it a try. Excuse me. Well, I think. Alright, what was the topic? Uh, how can different people see things so differently? <laughs> That's an oldie and a goodie. You know. That's one that rings through the ages. Yeah. But the request I got through, my very first request, I think I've done about 450 episodes. It's the first time anybody has asked me um, to speak on a given topic. Um, but I've been asked this time by my godmother. Um, you know, like I talk to my goddaughter and I talk to my godmother. That's like three generations, isn't it? Um, so. I've been asked uh, to bring my particular stupid brand of chatting to this topic. How is it that people can see things so differently, you know, given the same evidence to hand? You know, two different people you know, are presented uh, the same sort of set of evidence. And, um, and, they, and they can read it very, very differently. Well, there are some things that different people from vastly different backgrounds, because it, when they do see things differently in the scenario we're going to chat about, you know, surely it's to do with uh, the way, you know, their life experiences and all that sort of stuff, you know, the way they are. You know, be a little bit about their makeup, be nature and nurture, wouldn't it? You know, something like that. Right, we know that. That's obvious. All right. So it could have been a quick episode. I could have just said that. You know, nature and nurture. You know, but um, as a scientist, you know, we can uh, we can uh, eliminate some of the errors in the experiment to get a little closer to. The answer to this question, how can people see things so differently? And you might think, how can you eliminate some of the, you know, the biases in the experiment? You know, like you've got two people and you present something to those two people. For example, and uh, this is the one that I thought of just as I was picking up the phone. The war that is on at the moment. Uh, no, it's just, it's been recently concluded. Uh, between Armenia and Azerbaijan. I like that example because I don't give a hoot about either of those guys. Yeah. I'm not Armenian and I'm not Azerbaijani. Um, possibly I've got a slight, you know, unconscious bias in the direction of the Armenians because they're Christians and the other ones are bloody Muslims. <laughs> Maybe that's in there. Yeah, unconscious, you know. Uh, not consciously. I don't love Armenians, you know. I'm not a Kardashian lover. They're, they're Armenians, I've heard. An Armenian success story. The Kardashians. Uh, from what I've heard, you know, the first generation of Kardashians went across to the United States of America, the land of opportunity, and... Um, and got into waste disposal. 
tips, you know, made a fortune. Then the next generation ploughed all that wealth into meat works, so they were meat packers. The Kardashians, the meat packers. You know, before that they were the, you know, my old man's a dustman, he wears a dustman's hat and makes a hell of a lot of money, you know. Um, waste is huge dollars. You know. um, all right. Uh, oh, don't come too close, I'm busy. <laughs> the kids. Um, so what else have we got? Um, oh yeah, and then the next generation, I think, you know, they had enough money to send their kids to law school. And uh, the next generation was, or well, at least one of them, was a lawyer. And a very famous one represented O.J. Simpson. Kardashians, the sharks, you know, the lawyers. And then the next generation after that, well, they're celebrities. Now, you don't get that often with families. Four generations, and each of them have taken a step forward. Normally, there's a generation that blows it all. <laughs> it's usually the second generation, but the Kardashians, you know, they've... Um, uh, they've dealt themselves four aces in a row. I don't know what the next generation's going to do. Maybe the next generation will blow it. You never know. But you know what? I'll bet you um, the current Kardashians kind of lean in the direction of the Armenians in the Armenia versus uh, Azerbaijan war at present. But I don't know that. Hey, kids, can you rack off for a second? No. No, seriously. Yes. Go on. Um, and why would they lean? If they do lean towards... Uh, look, if they don't lean towards Armenia, they'd be unusual. But, you know, if you, know, if, if you discover that you're... You know, if you go and do a DNA test and find out you're XYZ, you know, well, that you're Azerbaijani is what I did recently, you know, I went and got a DNA test, and I found out I was 100% Azerbaijani, and that's why I'm kind of on the side of the Azerbaijanis in this war, you know. Yeah, well, that didn't happen, but if it had happened, it might have been the case, you know, and this is how people see things very differently, depending on all sorts of factors, you know. <laughs> I'm not laying them out in order here. You know, you'll have to sift through this episode to see what the hell I'm talking about. If I was doing a presentation on PowerPoint, I'd have to list all this stuff in an organised way. You're getting the disorganised way. Coffee addict. <laughs> um, so, that's, um, what are we talking about, the Kardashians? Oh, of course we are, because we're talking about Armenia versus Azerbaijan. Now, look. In actual fact, as distinct from semi-fact, um, you know, I was I listened closely to the Armenia versus Azerbaijan war as it played out, um, and uh, look, it was a disputed territory between the two lands. You know, two cultures that go back and back and back so far that you can't really say whose land is that. You know, so I. I think 30 years ago or something, there was a dispute over that little piece of land and uh, international powers had to step in and Armenia was granted that land, you know, I think that's the case, quite a while ago. Um, but, um, you know, times change. And now the dispute has arisen again and this time it's the Azerbaijani who've gone to the Turks and the Russians. You know, it looks like the United States didn't want to get involved. 
because they had an election on. So they're not going to get involved when they've got an election on. They only care about stuff when it affects them. But anyway, the Russians and the Turks have stepped in and, uh, and they've ruled in the favour of the Azerbaijanis. You know, this time, you know, they've got their own politics and Turkey's trying to crawl up you know, Russia's arse at the moment. You know, buy a few arms from them and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. Don't worry about all that. But um, there's always geopolitics. Anyway, so we've had Armenians living there for quite a long time. And right now, they're burning their houses. Not all of them. Some of them, quite a lot of them, are burning their houses because they've been ordered to leave this uh, disputed territory. Um, uh, so they're burning their houses because they don't want the Azerbaijani people to have the enjoyment of their houses. Yeah, and they're kissing their houses goodbye. I saw a picture of that. And they're digging their ancestors up. You know, Granny died last week. You know, they're digging her up. You know, half decomposed. And, uh, and putting, putting her gravestone on a truck. And the remains, and they're, they're not going to leave Granny there with those bastards. This is how wars go, you know. But how? Those two cultures see uh, that disputed territory so differently, you know. And even in the conduct of the war, I was listening to, um, I was listening to BBC reports coming through as the war was being played out. You know, there isn't any footy on at the moment, so I was listening to that. And um, and I heard now. I'll show my uh, ignorance here, but I, I don't know what the structure of the politics of um, the two countries are, uh, the structures. Um, but let's just say it's a prime minister on either side. Yeah, it could be a president. But the, the prime minister of um, Azerbaijan, um, the BBC reporter went, and now we've got the same evidence here. We've got rockets flying both ways. In this battle, you know, there was, there was a real war, you know, and there were rockets going that way and blowing up stuff on the Armenian side, and there was Armenian rockets going that way and blowing up stuff on the Azerbaijani side. And me, as an Australian who doesn't give a hoot about Armenia or Azerbaijan, or about the two sides in any war going on at the moment in the world, I don't care, you know. I take an interest, I'm a curious kind of guy, but I don't actually. I'm not on anybody's side in any war around the world at the moment. You know, maybe if Australia gets into a war, I might, um, I might be on the other side. You know, what if we get in a war with the indigenous peoples? I might actually get on the side of the indigenous people. Whoa! Did you like that? I dropped it almost, and I caught it. <laughs> I'm pretty. Uh, I actually did. I had a balancing on one finger there. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Let's see, I've got a shirt about Rome on there. I studied Rome for a long time. I'm studying Ethiopia a lot at the moment, but I've studied all these different places, Greece and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, after studying the Romans for a long time, I grew to really dislike them. A bunch of, you know, a bunch of bastards. That's just like organised mafia. It was institutionalised mafia. You know, there's about five families running the whole of Rome. I'm talking Rome from... Uh, Britannia, all the way through to Armenia. Rome, oh, Armenia was always, you know, the 
buffer zone back then. Uh, history goes back a long way. Armenia was kind of a buffer zone between the Persians and the Romans. Anyway, that's how far the history goes back. Um, yeah, and sometimes, oh look, I'm not going to get into Roman history. Yeah, but the disputed territory that is disputed at the moment. Yeah, stuff was happening way back then that was relevant. Yeah, that's how deep these conflicts go. You know, we in the West, you know, um, we hear about a conflict like this over in Armenia and Azerbaijan, and um, we think, oh, why can't people just love each other and get along, you know? Why don't they split it in half? <laughs> it goes back thousands of years, you know? No one's... Neither side is right and neither side is wrong. Yeah. And both sides are right and both sides are wrong. Um, so how do they see it so differently? Well, because they're on one side or the other. So we've got three parties here. We've got the Aussie, me, sitting in his shed. You know, <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, maybe in 30 years from now, the Armenians will get that piece of land back again, you know, because two different superpowers will jump in and mediate, you know, and say, well, really is the Armenians' land, you know. It is the Armenians' land. But it's also the Azerbaijanis' land as well. See, there are two different truths there. Look, we all know that one. And it's queer. So we've got three parties there. We've got me, who doesn't care. And then we've got um, the Armenians, who do care. The Azerbaijanis, who do care. And, uh, well, we know what's going on there. Or take, um, excuse me, uh, just got a text message coming through. Right, um, I may get interrupted here and make this part one and the next one part two. Because um, the kids are bugging my wife now inside because I sent them away. I should have kept them down here. Yeah, that wasn't very good teamwork. Uh, all right, now. Um, so, how do they see things so differently? Well, now, I have noticed that they do see things very differently. Like, even in the in the thick of a battle, you know. Um, so, the BBC was interviewing the Armenians, and the Armenians go, oh, oh, and a good reason why they were crying to uh, people dying, you know. It's actually gruesome, you know. And uh, they said it took the BBC to show them the churches, and the churches had been all bombed and all that sort of stuff. And BBC reports said, oh, that's bad. And, um... And the Armenians said, that's because the other bob are complete bastards, you know. Oh, crikey, said the BBC reporter, but didn't buy into it because, you know, they've got a code of conduct, you know. Um, uh, they've got a, uh, what do they call it? A oh, set of rules, you know. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, so the BBC then went across to the Azerbaijani side, and, you know, yeah, those bastards, because <laughs> they're getting killed too. Now, both of them were right. They were both bastards, but um, I suppose they see things differently in as much as um, this mob is going to point out all the bastard acts that this mob's doing, and I haven't really added much in this episode yet. You know, this is exactly what you'd expect anyone to say on this topic, isn't it? But I will add something, I'm sure. This is all obvious stuff. So, you know, when I hear a war going on and I hear someone talking um, from the perspective of one side of that war, I know I kind of know what's going on. You know, that person has ended up on that side of the war you know, by a, an accident of birth. Usually they've been born into that thing. 
you know, because you get, you, I'm sure the DNA between Armenians and Azerbaijani are a bit mixed by now. So I doubt that you could have a baby born to a couple of Armenian parents and get adopted out to the Azerbaijanis, you know, into an Azerbaijani family and grow up hating the Armenians. Is Erdogan, you know, the Turkish, the leader of the Turks, is he a little bit Greek, you know, historically, you know, in his DNA? think so, but he's very, you know, he'd like to see Greece wiped out because he's been brought up a Turk, you know. You get that. And he was involved, by the way, in all these shenanigans in Armenia and Azerbaijan recently. All right, so there's all that. But anyway, they went over and, well, they interviewed the Prime Minister of um, Azerbaijan. What an interview that was. If only I could just play it to you right now. But he was saying, uh, come and see all these mosques that have been bombed, the bastards. You know, it was the same interview as the Armenians interview. There was no difference for me. So I was none the wiser. But both he and the other guy on the other side, they were both passionate about what a bunch of bastards the other mob was. All right, so there's that. Um, and, um, and then the BBC tried to do the right thing and said, well, what do you say about what the Armenians are saying about you? And he said, fake news. And the BBC reporter said, what do you mean, fake news? It's all fake news, he said. It was a really amazing interview. He just said it straight to the camera. There was no camera. It was radio, but you know what I mean. And, um, and she said, well, we had BBC reporters who actually saw a church being bombed, you know, and saw the rockets coming from your direction. He said, fake news. And he said, well, it could have been an accident anyway. And he said, but, um, and it could have been, you know, yeah, it would have been an accident, he said. And then she said, and then we saw another rocket coming and it, from the same direction and bombed the same church again. He said, another accident, maybe, you know, we just go for military installations. We don't bomb churches. And she said, and he said, I don't think, anyway, the reports you got in from those reporters are probably fake news anyway. And she said, they're our reporters. And he said, fake news. And she said, no, I know them, she said. They're my colleagues in the BBC, you know. I know them. No, he said, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. That'd be fake news. She said, oh. and she let that go. He was able to, he just ran with fake news. Because, Thanks, Donald Trump, for that one. <laughs> it's like, just say it like you mean it. It doesn't have to be true. He started something, you know, and maybe, look, people have been doing it forever, even back in Rome. Um, okay, so there's that. Um, people see things differently now. Why are they seeing things differently there? Well, it's the accident of whose side you end up on. You know, that baby that was born to the Armenian parents and ended up in Azerbaijani. So there's that. Now, there's also this situation where um, there's me coming into this war cold. Into this hot war cold, you know. Now, there, here's another scenario. I have a certain amount of logic in my head and cultural upbringing. I have nature and nurture all spinning around in my DNA and all that sort of stuff and in my brain and all that sort of thing. All right, I'm a package coming into this war cold. Now, as it turns out, I know no Azerbaijanis and I know no Armenians except Kim Kardashian, but she's not returning my call. Bitch. 
neither is Kanye, but he's not Armenian. Bitch. <laughs> um, uh, but imagine I had someone, I met someone, an Azerbaijani in Melbourne, and got very close to that person. Now, that's different from being adopted out of birth and being biased. Slowly I would be... I would start becoming biased, I think, uh, in, not, in, in, in a short space of time. I may think I'm not being biased, but I'll, I'll be hearing one side of the story all the time. I go, oh, the masks, the masks, the masks, you know. And I'll, I'll, I'll know the church has got bombed too, but this person will be explaining why the rockets coming from this side were justified and the rockets coming from that side are not as justified. You know, and... Um, the motivations of this Prime Minister um, were a lot more the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. And this guy over here is just looking after himself. Yeah. And this guy's probably on the take as well. And he's on a power trip and all that sort of stuff. And this guy over here, I would be hearing this stuff over and over and over again. That this guy is basically more noble, even if they're doing the same actions... Rockets, 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 and all that sort of stuff. I'd be saying the Azerbaijani guy, um, his motivations for sending those rockets are more noble than that guy's motivations for sending those rockets, because that guy's Hitler. This guy, yeah. I was going to say Churchill, yeah, but he's a complete bastard too. But, you know, we're only starting to realise that now, aren't we? No, we're not. Yeah, great guy. She'll hide them on the beaches. You know. Okay, so there's that. You know, if England had lost that war, um, Churchill was calling them, the English, to an insurgency with that speech. You know, we shall fight them on the beaches. You know, if you listen to the whole thing, it's just uh, listen. If you beat us in a war, we're going to become illegal insurgents. You know, there's nothing wrong with illegal insurgents if it's you. <laughs> All right. So that's that. So you can, you know, because the temptation is to say, well, you know, um, one side. If there's a if there's a war on somewhere in the world, um, one person is seeing it more correctly than another person. As a result, because that person's thinking more clearly than the other person and has studied world history a bit more and is smarter and is a better arguer and all, you know, in, in his or her own head and all that sort of stuff. But I removed all that like a scientist would and made both the people that I'm looking at, you know, the, the two people who are seeing things differently, I made them both me then. I made them both me. I imagined becoming friends with an Azerbaijani and starting to see the Azerbaijani side even more um, than I see the Armenian side of the, uh, of the uh, you know, the uh, argument. Um, and um, even if, you know, and I, I, I'm very arrogant, I like to say, no, I would still be unbiased, you know, but it wouldn't be the case. There's unconscious bias, you know, and it would slip in, I'm sure. I'm not immune, you know, and even if I leaned, as a result of this, 0.01% to the Azerbaijani side, still bias you know so I'm still seeing things differently you know there's still two people here me had I met an Azerbaijani and become friends with that person and me had I met an Armenian and become friends with that person 
There's two different people here and they're seeing things differently admittedly only a tiny bit you know because i only just met this person i'm only just starting to hear the story but imagine i was friends with that person for three years talking to them every day i think i would start really seeing everything you know that armenian guy over there would start looking like hitler to me i think that's it you know i think that's one of the reasons um that's how people see things so differently yeah. um there are other now that that takes out of the equation personal gain per se and personal nature and nurture you know I think that's the only way to look at it to see in essence how and why people see things so differently there are obvious ones if you've got two different people from two different like why did the Russians see it from the uh, Azerbaijani side of things more than the Armenian side of things and why did the Turks too now, the Russians are kind of Christians in the same way that Armenians are Christians, really, but they saw there was probably some you know, geopolitical geopolitical uh, advantage for Russia. You know? Why did the Turks get on the Azerbaijani side on this occasion too? Well, you know, maybe it was a Muslim thing, you know. They're our Muslim mates. The Armenians are a pack of Christian bastards, you know, all that sort of stuff. Or maybe there was some money involved. Maybe there's all that stuff. But I removed all that from the equation earlier. But all those things are a factor in why things, why people see things so differently. Um, a huge, if you take my scenario out of the equation there, a huge factor, you know, because in my example, you know, I'm starting to I identify with one side more than the other see that's one thing but all right let's take that one there's another scenario here it's um personal interest yeah all these things layer i'm glad this is not structured like a powerpoint presentation because all these things weave in together we're a complex thing we humans there wouldn't be any such fight you know between lions and gazelles as to who's in the right um, because the gazelles you know, just very unilaterally see that they have a right to run away very fast and not get caught. And lions see that they have a God-given right to chase and chase and chase and into the neck, you know, rip that bloody gazelle's neck apart, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Which sounds really violent, but there are wars going on at the moment where humans are doing that to each other too. Absolutely, just hacking limbs off. You know, they 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 found. You know, there's another war on somewhere. Don't worry about it where it is. But there, there was a massacre there recently. You know, and they've sent, they found all the body parts. Just lovely. Find it hard to criticise lions, because the uh, humans involved there didn't even eat the victims. You know. Anyway, um. Now, there are other factors at play. I find personal interest is huge. You know? um, the funny thing about you know, um, personal interest, where you, you stand to gain in some way, shape or form, money, fame, whatever, you, you stand to gain if a certain, um, uh, certain outcome occurs compared to a certain other outcome is concerned. Um, personal benefit is absolutely huge and uh, this is one I do find and I, I'm sure I'm as guilty as anyone on this um, if you know if it's Labour versus Liberal in an election um, we're pretty open about it 
most of the um, pitching of um, the political debate is at how are you going to go? Now, I know people who've got what the Greeks call philotimo. The person I've got in mind is a Greek. Yeah? And he's saying, it's not about me. It's about what's best for the country. Uh, so he's, he's one sort of person. But then there's other... I think, I think the fact that politicians um, try and appeal to how you're going to benefit if you vote for me uh, know that selfishness is a big factor. But the funny thing is, when people go and tell other people why they're voting Liberal or Labour, um, they tend to say, you know, they list all the noble reasons why they're doing that. But just by coincidence, um, what they honestly think is the best thing for the global good of the country happens to align beautifully with um, whatever tax bracket they're in and all that sort of stuff. So there's that. Um, now, there's, a, there's another sort to... Uh, oh, look, we're just assuming, see? There was a presupposition in the original question. How do people see things so differently? Well, they don't see all things so differently, do they? Um, there's general widespread agreement that if you if an apple falls from the tree, if, the, if an apple falls from the tree, it falls down. People don't see that all that differently. Um, so matters of physics are generally well agreed upon. You know, um, you know whether you're Christian, Muslim, or secular, or Buddhist, or whatever. You know, everyone in the whole wide world seems, except for a very few, there's always freaks. We'll leave freaks out of the equation. Um, seem to agree that force equals mass times acceleration, for example. Um, you know, Newton's laws, you know, or Maxwell's laws, you know, and all sorts of other things. E equals mc squared, you know, Einstein, all that sort of stuff. Most people saw Hiroshima and kind of figured out what was going on there. You know, so physics is well agreed to. And I think more and more as time goes on, people are starting to realise that the Earth is not 6,000 years old. You know, it's, um, what is it? Is it 3.7 billion years old or something like that? I, I, I can never remember. See, I'm shocking at this. I, I think the whole universe is 4.7 billion years old and the Earth is 3.4 billion years old or something like that, which is actually amazing in a way because, you know, not long after the universe came into being, then the Earth was already spinning around. You know, it was already the Earth was here. It's amazing. There's rocks in Western Australia. No, yeah, no, we're the oldest continent, I think. You know, geologically settled and all that sort of stuff. And um, we've got rocks that date back to three billion years ago, I think, which is actually more than half what or three point something billion years ago, which is more than halfway back here in Australia, you know, this old country, the oldest, all the countries are old, um, but we are geologically um, stable. This country, I mean, um, you live in an ancient, you're living on ancient land here, you know, Gond Gondwana land, you know, and, um, and uh, it's, you can go and touch that rock, and you're touching something that was came to land there somehow um, more than half way 
back to the dawn of time itself and the big bang, which wasn't much of a bang apparently, and the big silent expansion because um, in space sound doesn't carry so it can't be a bang can it that was um the big bang silent silent yeah. all right so now there's not much disagreement on the fact that the universe is expanding you know because some woman in betchley <laughs> betchley house or whatever it is in i don't noticed yeah. she was looking at all the negatives of the stars and she said hey the universe is expanding you know was it Halley you know the physicist and he said oh give me that information hey I've just had a discovery everybody <laughs> took all the credit look he did deserve the credit I think it was him I, I get all my physicists mixed up I don't get Alexander Graham Bell mixed up though um, as far as I know um, and I think um there was a congressional hearing about this in the United States of America, but Alexander Graham, Bell, Alexander Graham Bell has had all the glory and got a lot of money at the time too for inventing the telephone. I think someone down the hall did, and he flogged it. How can people see things so differently? Because I'm sure when he was spruiking that telephone that he stole, um, the, the telephone idea, I'm sure, I'm sure, self-interest, you know. I bet he honestly thought he did. Yeah, but they've done forensic bloody detective examination and even in, I don't know how they register these things in America, and they had a congressional hearing or something to investigate the history of this business of the invention of the telephone and they found out that Alexander Graham Bell was a great big thief, <laughs> ideas thief, you know. Look, he added bits and pieces, and but for him we wouldn't have had such a good telephone service because he was a bit of a businessman too, obviously, because part of being in business is stealing and getting away with it. And so is writing songs. <laughs> or and poetry. Oh, rap. You know, you can become a good rapper. What you do, I, I figured this out. I had a go. Yeah. But what you do is you you um, grab an existing rap song and take the rhythm. Because yeah, there's only these various set rhythms, you know. Um, and, um, and then you just plug words and make them rhyme at the right spots and get the emphases going at the right spot and you've got a rap song and you come across it, wow, you're a good rap writer, you know? I just could never get the accent, you know? Because I'm not a rapper. I'm a rapper. A rapper. Um, what was his name? And there was Kerry Ann Kennelly and a lesser known light. Will Smith was getting interviewed by Kerry Ann Kennelly uh, from Australia here. And she said, so you're a rapper? He said, say that again. She said, you're a rapper. He said, a, a rapper? I'm a rapper. I've never been a rapper before. I thought I was a rapper. You're not saying, I'm a rapper. You just got tickled pink. You tickled his fancy. The way she just said it, you know, because we've got this um, totally punzy way of saying things, we Australians, clearly, you know. Anyway, so Alexander Graham Bell, he was a great big thief, but he thought he wasn't probably self-interest. But, um, getting back to science, there are, once there's widespread agreement um, on something like, you know, Newton's laws of motion or you know, all that sort of stuff, um, apples falling consistently down <laughs> from a tree um, and all that sort of stuff and planetary motion. And only... 
you know, there's only one country where most people think the world is 6,000 years old, and that's the same country that um, currently thinks that wearing masks is an infringement on your freedom. <laughs> we had a Christmas photo uh, yesterday with my kids and Santa, and they've all got masks on, and um, their freedom wasn't being infringed. They were proud to do their duty. Americans. You know, um, if you're going to listen to YouTube clips from America of what makes sense and what doesn't, uh, from comedians, whether they be on the left or the right, or politicians who are comedians on the left and the right too, when they're from America, just remember, I think they had a poll once in America that despite all the evidence of you know, paleontology and all that sort of stuff, uh, a majority of Americans still think that the Earth is only 6,000 years old. Is that true? How can people see things so differently? What's going on there? Because it's not like America's uneducated. I, what is going on there? You know, I don't even want to answer that one. Let's ignore the Americans, you know. But when, you, um, when you're listening to influences from America, just remember that most Americans believe the Earth is 6,000. You've got the dinosaur bones right there. They're just right there. And um, even if carbon dating was wildly wrong, which it just can't be, if you get into it on how carbon dating works, because you can actually test it going back a little way, carbon dating, and then you see the dinosaur bones are doing something dramatically different than the tests you're doing on carbon dating, you know, only a fair few thousand years ago, and then you say the dinosaurs were 65 million years ago, yeah. There's no two ways around it. And yet, people can believe what they want to believe. What's the self-interest there? It's probably religious, you know, so that'd be a whole, another whole angle which I haven't got time to talk about. Um, but look, there are things that most people agree on. So they're out of the equation, like science. Most of science, most of the country, most of the world is into science. You know, we don't have a Galileo. But even in Galileo's time, there was widespread disagreement on whether the Earth was round and all that sort of stuff, at the planets were, and the moons were going around Jupiter or not. There was a lot, but we gradually become educated, and science has won the day on one on some levels. Um, so there are some things that people agree on, and there are some people things things that people disagree wildly upon, and they're the ones that are interesting for the purpose of this episode. But I think I've spoken enough. I don't know whether I answered the question or not. Why do people see things so differently? Um, why did you listen to me anyway on this topic? There's really smart people that know all about this. They're called psychologists. Go and ask them. Don't ask me. You wasted your time. 39 minutes and 4 seconds that you'll never get back.